Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a winemaker artist, Miss Kyle Burke. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Wow. So a lot has changed since the last time we talked. You actually launched the wine. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So what yeah. was that process like for you? Oh, my gosh. It's been a roller coaster ride <laughs> um, in a sense. I mean, you know, you think about going up that first hill. I think we talked about two years ago. Um, that was that first hill, uh, just kind of learning and, and figuring out here, um, you know, making wine batches here in my house and, and uh, experimenting and getting the courage to let people actually taste what I, I created, that was, that was the beginning. Um, and it, it was something that uh, keeps me grounded because, you know, everything has to start from somewhere. So that's where I started. And, um, and now coming to a space where I'm actually producing on a commercial level across the United States is, is, it's amazing and it's humbling and it's still hard to believe all, all together. Um, and I think um, almost summarizing it into one conversation is, is really hard because, you know, there, there are so many days and so many things that you go through each day. And it, you know, it wouldn't have to be even winemaking, but anything that turns from something like a seed and then you actually see the the plant growing and turning into a bush or a tree, you know, it's, it's just like, wow, we, we started here and we're over here, you know. Um, there's so many different um, feelings that have come into play from day to day. Uh, struggles, obviously, not everyone knows, <laughs> but um, I'm amazed at myself. I am when I think about it. So how did you how did you actually get in the process? Because you know, I've been following your page ever since we started talking. How did it come about that you actually went to California and, and got involved with the actual huge the, the big wine company you were dealing with? Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so I started before when we, we last spoke, I hadn't even gotten to this point. I had gone back to the drawing board to look at different organizations to kind of help me along with, with this process. And I knew that I needed some certifications and something to kind of help me validate uh, what I wanted to do and just kind of increase my knowledge base. So I researched and found my family, my wine family, um, one part of it, uh, which is called the Roots Fund. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of the Roots Fund, but they're a nonprofit organization whose sole mission is to um, help people of the BIPOC community uh, get opportunities within the wine industry, uh, which they may not be able to uh, be a part of or be exposed to through education, through jobs, through mentoring, through um, experiential learning trips, um, anything that would uh, be a part of the wine industry, they're there. And they're there to create opportunities for um, our community. 
to get into and, and at least, you know, figure out. Obviously, you have to have a, a strong interest in wine, uh, but to figure out exactly how to get to that career path or educational path in this industry that best fits you. So they were the ones who were facilitators for me. Um, I was able to get my WSET level two certification and they knew that I was making wine in my basement <laughs> and they knew that it was small batch and they knew that I wanted to grow it. Uh, yeah, I was bootlegging, <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not every day or anything like that, but it, it was something where people would donate and give me, you know, um, um, their, their exchange for my experiments in wine. So they wanted to help me legitimize it and take it to a level where, you know, I could learn this process and actually turn it into my career. So it's called, called Roots of- The Roots Fund. The Roots, the Roots Fund. Fund. So because this fund exists, does that mean that there's a lack of diversity in the wine industry? Oh yeah, <laughs> we still, even with the labels over the last couple of years uh, that have grown and, and um, been born within the wine industry, uh, we still represent less than 1% of the total um, demographic, our community within this industry. Uh, it, it's crazy when you go to different places and you see, you know, um, people that, um, you know, you don't see our faces. You don't really see us as, as much as, as you should. Uh, so their whole mission is to create that. Um, and they, you know, a lot of, a lot of wineries and, and uh, different companies, and it's not just in the wine industry, but, you know, if you want to look at careers within journalism or law or uh, wine um, marketing, you know, all types. It doesn't necessarily have to be winemaking. You have graphic artists, you have, um, you know, people that want to, you know, host tasting rooms or people that want to own their own wine shops, you know. So any anything you can think of that they're there to address it and to create those partnerships uh, within the industry that will help you know, create those, those avenues. So was it, was, was there ever, because of the, the, um, the demographics, you say you probably didn't see anybody look like you. So was, how did you make yourself comfortable with that situation? You know, that's a good question. Um, because I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, I, I went to a HBCU. Uh, most of my high schooling was, um, uh, my high schooling was a little bit more diverse, but I grew up you know, in a predominantly African-American neighborhood. Um, and I, I work in Baltimore. I used to work in Baltimore City schools, predominantly African-American and Latino. Um, it, it was something different. It was something that I knew that I would have to adjust my, myself to and, and be, you know, a little bit more aware of, you know, me not being predominant. Um, but here's the thing, for me, I think it's a comfort level of the individual and knowing your own self-confidence and being comfortable with who you are, wherever you are, whichever groups you travel in. Um, I think once 
you know, that comfort level with myself. I've always had that. Um, and I just kind of rested on the laurels of, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Otherwise this opportunity would not have presented itself. Um, the Roots Fund nominated me to work, to be a part of this uh, Naked Wines, who's, who I work with, um, with my wine. Um, just go with that and, and be, be a student and be a voice for yourself and for others in a way where you're learning about the industry and you're learning about the wine. It takes the focus off of what I am and, you know, a woman or, you know, a black woman. Um, it, it turns into me wanting to be an excellent winemaker. What does that take? What does that mean? Uh, what do I need to know and, and how do I achieve that? So that focus continues to keep me in that space of kind of keeping my, my focus, you know, rather than worrying about, you know, oh, I'm the only woman here, I'm the only black woman here, you know, it, that dissolves after a while. It's the most obvious thing, yes. <laughs> However, I need to learn this craft and I, I need to connect with people who can help me uh, get to that, that point. And I was fortunate enough to be aligned with a really good team uh, beyond the Roots Fund at Naked Wines that sees that too and is willing to support it. I have an amazing team of mentors. Um, and these are all white men. <laughs> well, one's a little bit younger, but you know, we there there's been a relationship. It's not just me being one person, you being another, and um, two different groups come together, but people, you know, people who have a love of this business, you know, and what do I need to do to, 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 to learn this and be good at it? And, you know, if I just, I think the stars were really lined up for me, to be honest with you, because I could have had like some really, you know, I could have had an asshole. I could have had but it, it didn't work that way. And, and I know that I'm being set up for success. You know, are there pitfalls? Of course. <laughs> um, but right now I'm just taking it day by day, situation by situation. And, um, you know, I just let it go, go with it and just roll with it. So. Now you, you mentioned earlier in the interview that you were... <laughs> You were making wine in your own basement. <laughs> Call it, you, you say to use the term bootlegger. But you went, you went out here and you were literally in the like one of the best wine factories in the world. So how how was that big? How was that difference going from your basement to one of the biggest factories in the world? For me, it's night and day. I mean, I'm in my basement, I'm able to read and look at videos and, and read and, and kind of figure out and experiment. When you're going into uh, an actual large production and they, they're actually medium scale uh, um, production uh, winery, that's more, it's huge and it's overwhelming. Um, initially and it's like 
are you serious? I went from making 10, 15, 20 gallons in, in a year to, um, you know, you're, you're looking at about, uh, what was it, about 6,000 gallons, um, and which equates to about 34,000 bottles uh, to be sold, to be made and sold across the United States. Now, they're a company, they are not going to allow me to fail. I have a, a winemaker mentor who is a 30 plus year veteran who helped me. This was a year long process. Um, that was the apprenticeship that I was awarded. Uh, Naked Wines and Roots Fund came together and awarded me this. They paid for everything for the first year. Uh, and they, and I'll, I'll tell you about that later, but uh, they, of course, have the integrity of their product that they're not going to let, <laughs> you know, me make bad wine. Um, but I was there from picking all the way through bottling um, to learn this process and really take ownership to it and really uh, personalize it to the style of I make Chardonnay. Uh, so that was something that was amazing. And, but when you're talking about small batch versus large batch, it's actually easier to do large batch because they have the equipment, they have the temperature controls, they have the right yeast, they have the, um, you know, the different nutrients that are needed. Um, the filtration systems are all built in. So it's like a fail-proof system that's set up. Smaller batches are actually a, a lot more uh, temperamental. They're a lot more, um, you know, uh, tricky. And you could, you could easily end up messing up a whole batch by just doing a few things that are off. It's very scientific. You're dealing with a lot of numbers. You're looking at pH levels, acidity levels, and you're looking at all of these, these uh, numbers to make sure they're aligned correctly. And if one thing is off, it can throw everything off. Um, so it's actually better to do it at, at bulk than to do it at, at small batch. And you have smaller vineyards that would probably say the opposite where they, they don't wanna be bothered with, with uh, bulk. But I'm learning that bulk for me is, is a, a lot, you know, more uh, safe in, in my, in my mind, you know. Yeah. Why is California uh, so great for wine? I don't know if you can answer that, but. Well, no, it's, it's great for climate. Uh, you have certain areas that are uh, conducive to certain grapes and varietals. Uh, you know, Chardonnay uh, is really good there. You have Zinfandel, uh, different types of, of grapes just grow really well in that area. You have different um, um, aspects where you have the water from the Pacific Ocean coming in and certain areas uh, have water uh, with certain uh, lakes and what have you. Um, you know, it, it's all about the environment. Um, it is actually the largest area in the United States that's wine producing. However, you know, with climate control, 
uh, climate issues, things are, are slowly shifting and you have areas north of California that are beginning to prosper, you, uh, Oregon and, and Washington, um, those areas are beginning to um, you know, do well in certain other uh, varietals, Pinot Noir, um, you know, that's a, a big market uh, when you go further north. So, you know, it depends on what type of grapes there are. There are other areas across the United States, Virginia, New York, Texas, uh, pretty much all the states across the United States. Uh, and I'm not sure if there's any one state that's not, that's not producing some type of wine. There, there's a grape that can go grow pretty much anywhere. Um, you said, you just you said Virginia, New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even as cold as it is here? Yeah, I mean, there are certain grapes that thrive off of a cooler climate. Um, even Chardonnay, like certain types of Chardonnay will do better there. You have uh, Vidal's, you have, um, hmm, I'm going back to my uh, WSET. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have grapes that grow better in certain areas that may be a little bit cool, cooler, like New York. Riesling, if you go up to the Finger Lakes um, up in New York, that's where my other mentor uh, works. He's up in uh, the Finger Lakes. They're known for their Rieslings. Riesling, the Riesling grape grows beautifully in cooler climates. So, you know, you, you, can, you can find different types of, of wine that, that thrive in these areas that thrive. So definitely. Now, how long were you in California? Well, it was off and on. I probably went out there last year for, okay, so the vintage was 21 last year. I went out there about five or six times back and forth. I had to go out initially to meet my team and meet everyone who was assisting and helping me. I had to come back um, for harvest. Um, that was the most challenging part. And then I had to come back. I had actually two different picks. Uh, we had, no, it was four different picks. We took one block of grapes, of Chardonnay grapes. It was about seven acres, or about 44 tons of grapes. And we picked them over uh, a course of four different nights and, um, and had them uh, shipped over to the winery, Naked Wines, and, and fermented two different styles of Chardonnay. So I wanted one as a tank ferment, which means the wine was crushed, whole cold cluster crushed meaning the whole bunch of grapes, we didn't de-stem, we just crushed it all together. Mm. Um, and we uh, fermented in uh, one particular style. This, actually, I don't know if you can see it, but I got this blurred background. But yeah, this, yeah, this is the, the uh, still tank ferment. So no air, could get in or out during fermentation. I wanted to kind of preserve the clean taste of the grape and, and really kind of save what we call the aromatics or the, the bouquet or the, the smell, the, the, um, the scent, the fragrance. Um, 
And with the other style, which is the oaked, let's see if you can, I don't know. Yeah. There's All right. Okay. So with this, we chose to do uh, a fermentation using the barrels. Okay. And we wanted to have these these grapes with a different oaky taste to it, more buttery, creamy, more traditional California style. So that was those were two different styles of fermentation, which produced two different, completely different tastes with the wine. So I, I did want to do that. I was like, I, they gave me one one choice of a grape, and I said, okay, can I split it in half? And they agreed to do that, and I, I'm so happy that they did. So. You now, know, picking I, those grapes, did it give you a new appreciation for making the oh, wine? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People that, that, that do this, it is physically the most, one of, or if not the hardest or challenging, most challenging uh, jobs. Uh, you have workers who come directly to just work and do harvest. And they are out there with their hands as a team, handpicking, clipping, and pulling those grapes at speeds that I couldn't even keep up with. And I, I got embarrassed at some points because um, the, um, you know, I, I felt like I was in their way. <laughs> but they appreciated me being out there because you don't have too many winemakers who will well you do have some some will be out there but I was very anxious and, and I wanted to get you know dirty and, and be a part of the whole process so I was out there picking with them probably in their way so uh, <laughs> it, it was good though it was a learning experience it hurt physically and it it felt like you know it was something that I needed to to feel it and do it and know it so and I will do it again I will be doing it again. So let's actually get into the wine. Um, what's the name of the wine and what type of wine is it? Okay. So the wine is called Kyle Burke. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it, um, both of them. So they're both Chardonnay. I'm sorry, I got my blur thing on. So uh, I can see it. Okay. All right. All right. So, um, yeah, the wine is, like I said, 100% Chardonnay. It is, one is tank ferment, uh, and we did 10 months of barrel on neutral barrel, which means they're used barrels, and their primary source is to impart a little bit of oxygen which gives a different flavor characteristic and allows the wine to breathe just a little bit. Um, the white label actually, I'm very proud to say, was just uh, recently um, rated with Wine Enthusiast Magazine at 92 points. So- wow. Out of a hundred? Yes. Wow, that's high. I had no idea this was going to be the case. <laughs> I was just happy to make wine and just do it right. Um, so Naked called me or, uh, and let me know. They submitted a group of winemakers 
and I was part of that submission and this was the result. So I was, I was really, really, really happy about that and uh, humbled. What was the feeling you had when you saw your, your name on the bottle and you finally, after all the hard work you put in, you had your own bottle of wine. What was that feeling like for you? It's still uh, emotional. It is. Because even when I'm looking at it sitting here right now, it's like, damn, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you know, you, you, you started, you stuck with it. And you, um, I have a hard time. I'm an Aries. So it's easy for me to start a project. And halfway through, like, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do it. But something told me, you know, you need to stick with this. Be that specialist. Um, so seeing the fruit of literally the fruit of my effort is, is amazing. And it's emotional. I did cry at the bottling. I cried the whole process. I'm a big baby. <laughs> um, it, every time someone sends me a picture, sends me a video, posts me, you know, it, it's just, it's amazing. And it's like, you really can do what you want to do. And you, he you hear people say it and you know it, but when you actually experience it and, and see the, the result of hard work, you know that you can do anything you want to do, you know? Um, and, and that's what that reminds me. If, if I don't do another vintage, which that's not going to be the case because I'm already working on vintage 22, um, I, I, I did it, you know, this is what God wanted me to do and I did it. So that, that's, that's one of the things he wants me to do. So that's what's going on, you know, Excuse me. Once you following the plans. Besides Vintage 22, what's next for Kyle Burt? Well, I'm trying to get into the beverage in industry, and I will get into the beverage industry full time. Uh, since we last spoke, I have um, I left the school system. Um, I lost my position, but that's okay. It was time, and I think my heart was not there anymore. Um, as far as you know, having that teacher zest when I first started, it, it, it had fizzed. Mm. So, you know, at first I was hurt and angry that that happened the way it did, but I know that it's time for me to move on. And, um, that's what I'm doing now. I'm actually looking at, um, positions within the industry with, with different companies. I'd like to be able to um, be a fine wine consultant also and, you know, host different events that, where people are learning about wine and, um, you know, not just be a winemaker. And I say not just a winemaker, but incorporate the process with the, the uh, love of wine and, and introduce people who are learning Hold on one second. Okay. All right. My daughter's dog city. So, so yeah, I, I see that. I continue to create art. That's always going to be a part of my life. 
uh, doing different pieces and, and going back into the studio. So, you know, whatever, whatever plan unfolds, I just kind of follow the direction I'm given, okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, we, I'm going to close with this. How do we, how do we get a bottle of it? How do we um, purchase the wine? Okay, so you can go to www. Uh, is it us? Wait, hold on. Here it is. This is sad. Nakedwines.com. Nakedwines.com, and type in under wine under search winemaker Kyle Burke, and when you do that, it will uh, pull up both styles. Now the white label currently is out of stock. Uh, they are actually in the process of getting more wine shipped to the distribution centers that that would ship fulfillment centers to uh, customers. The, the black label is stocked still, but because of the rating, this has been kind of flying off the out of the uh, warehouse. The white label is the one that got the 92 rating? Yeah, yeah. And that was my favorite. Both of them are my favorites, but the that white label, I knew it immediately I, when, when I tasted it straight out of fermentation that I didn't need to do anything to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it before it was rated. I already knew. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't something I had to wait for somebody to tell me, but I am humbled that that, you know, other people would agree with me on that and, and share that in a national publication. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still in disbelief. Okay. <laughs> so just to confirm is www.nakedwines.com. Yes. Type in K-Y-L-E. B-U-R-K-E. B as in boy, U-R-K-E. Okay. Well, look, I want to again say congratulations for um, completing the process because I remember seeing you start and now to see you finish is a great thing to see. And also wish you all the best with the um, with the future sales of the wine. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate it. Uh, you have been living your dream and just allowing me to be a part of your platform. Thank you. Because I think you... You were my first interview when I when I first started this. So, yes, I'm 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 thankful. Definitely, so. I'm sure we'll talk again once because I know you're going to continue to have success. So I'm looking forward to talking to you again. I appreciate it. God and, bless and, you into the new year. Oh, that, and tell the people how they can follow you also. Oh, yeah, you can go to Instagram or Facebook. This is my artist name, Yoshi's Art. Uh, Yoshi meaning good or fine art. It's Japanese. Uh, Y-O-S-H-I-S-A-R-T at Instagram or Facebook. All right. Again, thank you for your time. And I wish you all the best with the wine and also with the art as well. Thank you. You all take right. care. Thanks. I want to take the time to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lant. My Facebook is also conversation with Lant. You can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.